0: You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Championships, 27 SEC titles, 131 first-team All-Americans, 70 postseason appearances, 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: We've had a lot of fun today, and it will continue here with Chris Landry, myself, Brian Fowler, James Ludeman, switches into the chair. Uh, Kendall, Stephanie, Tommy, and Bryant hit the road. We kicked him out of here. Uh, we're going to entertain you for the next hour with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. If you love football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. He provides... A unique perspective. A lot of guys out here analyze it from the way that they see it. And so does Chris, but he's got the experience to back it up. Coach, scout, and administrator. He analyzes football from a lot of different angles. And we go to Chris Landry. Chris Landry, welcome into Alabama Tradition. I hope you're having a great day.
2: I am doing well. I hope you guys are doing well and staying warm and hope the roads are passable. And well, I know everybody's struggling right now with this cold weather.
1: Yeah, well, it's currently uh, like 24 degrees here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you know, we, the Big Ten doesn't really have to deal with national champions that often, and neither do we have to deal with snow. Uh, so we're kind of... Oh, well, well but I'm foam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's something that they don't have to deal with a lot, and, and neither do we. But uh, we don't do very well with, with snow and cold and driving. We're not very good at driving anyway. Then you put ice on the ground, and it's you know, twice as bad.
2: I just got off done with, uh, another show. I'm part of the Landry football network and with a guy from New Jersey and it's 50 degrees over there, which i <laughs> that doesn't sound right. What say what is 50? Yeah. It's 50. Now they're expecting a boatload of snow, I think Thursday. So yeah, it's uh, it's quite the storm. I mean, just seeing places like Texas, um, you know, people ask me, well, what's it like? Well, we, we've been kind of iced in for two days because, I'm sure you guys are like us. We're probably some of the worst. We don't. We don't do anything with it. We just wait till it melts because it's not going to last very long. So uh, we don't have all the the sand trucks and the salt trucks and all that. You just you know go get some milk and bread, stay in the house for a couple of days, and then it's all going to melt. In two how many,
1: days. how many games have you broken down on film wise today? I bet you've just stayed in front of. Oh, it. I, I have been knocking it on. In fact, what
2: I was working today is updating. I did uh, doing a few things, but, um, it's interesting and I didn't do this for this reason, but I just kind of wrapped up, um, fully analyzing this past recruiting class. M- you know, we've had a few straggler signings, but at some point you got to kind of put it to bed and, you know, you don't want to leave guys out. So, you know, obviously you know, where Alabama ranks, but kind of analyzing Alabama's class and every other class, and then kind of, kind of putting the ranking in for the sec and, and doing them by conference. So, Doing that, uh, as well as initial free agent lists uh, in the NFL, that's up on the board. So, very busy day. A lot of film work done today. Of course, I don't, like I said, most days I don't go out anyway. My office is in my home. But uh, this has been the last two days have been kind of fun. And uh, just looking outside my office window and seeing the icicles on the the trees. (laughs) But I think it's going to warm up a little bit tomorrow.
1: So. Well, and, and I think we're going to get up in the 40s, but I think we're also going to get another dose of this weather in the south, or at least because uh, I, I have yeah. friends of mine over in Mississippi, and they've been hit. They had colder weather prior to yesterday's arrival. It was pretty much in the 20s all weekend over there in in, in the area uh, that I was looking at, and they're going to get hit with another round of this. So uh, some of the folks uh, have got another round and another round coming, and uh, but it gives us a chance to kind of talk football we were we were joking. You know this guy better than we do. Uh, we were joking yesterday, but the University of Alabama officially closed, no operations whatsoever. What did Nick Saban do with a day off? Uh I don't know. Tell me. Do you know? Well no. How you, you want me to speculate. Well, and, and, and what we did is we we kind of we did an entire show about this. So we we kind of had Nick Saban sitting in a recliner with one of those huggies on. Uh, watching yeah. something like a uh, like a movie or something all day and, and we well, we just had fun with it. I, I know that that's not true. That's so far from the truth. He didn't take a day off, but the University of Alabama did close uh, for the entire entire day. No official operations. Well, he has an office in the house
2: and it has the video machine. Uh, capability. So it's, you know, it's digital. It used to be the old beta cam machines back in his LSU days and all that, but, but so basically you can look at film and so um, whatever he wants. So even though there may not have been people there um, the ability to go in and click and watch recruiting film, uh, any film that he wants, uh, you know, uh, opponents of, you know, this past year looking more, uh, stuff in this past year, whatever he decided to do what was on his agenda to work on. He was working on it, um, so uh, I can pretty much guarantee that's that's uh, what he did, and it involved film and in in uh, his office in the home.
1: Yeah, and and, and I, I imagine uh, I used to set beside. I know this is kind of crazy, but I used to sit beside Nick Saban's laptop inside the press box to my right. The uh, the coaches were. A little further to my right, but there was an empty chair where Nick Saban's laptop bag set and it had his little name tag on it. And so finally I asked the guy after like two years of sitting beside Nick Saban's laptop bag. I said, Hey, what, what is this for? He said, um, this is actually his laptop. It, we download the game. We run it home. Okay. Th- this is where there's no dead time. In other words, somebody else can do it and be it there efficient. He said, when he pulls into his garage, it is already set up where he can watch the game that was just played. In other words, analyze it into a breakdown of what you – so the laptop was there. A guy hurried it back to his house. It was sitting there when he pulled in in the parking lot, Nick Saban, in, in his house. So it's like already set up, ready to go. It's pretty crazy.
2: Correct. And on a road game, it is done the same way, but it is ready for his seat in the plane uh, when he gets there.
1: No downtime. No waste of time. That two no, he, minutes doesn't. Is, yeah, uh, he doesn't.
2: No, he doesn't. And then he also takes that laptop. So, you know, he doesn't. People ask me, you know, probably the biggest adjustment that he'd have to make if he did retire would be. I don't know when the last time the guy's ever been on a commercial flight. I mean, ain't, ain't, I don't think it's ever happened since he's been in Tuscaloosa because it's all private planes. I mean, even if it's like a personal thing and they go to those. Sure. You know, like Bern, I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not going through, hey, remove your belt and shoes, Mr. You know, he's not. uh, But when he goes on a recruiting trip, so he gets on a plane and he's flying somewhere, that laptop is, he's got something on there. So he's got a plane. It, It may be. Recruiting film, it it may be something that he's looking at that he wants to work on. It may be something they're thinking about adding on third down, defending bunch passes in the red zone, um, looking at certain things you know of an opponent like that they do really well, and some version. And and that is all he has access to all that. And so when he's getting on a plane to fly to wherever. He is, and he knows about how long he will spend that time on the plane doing that when he is driving somewhere, somebody's driving him. So he is calling, um, using the phone to call recruits, or he can the same thing, be able to look at film right there in his laptop. So he has that doesn't other than the, the few little things that he's got to click, he doesn't know, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't really fool with it. And it's just like when he when he's in that office or he's seen him doing interviews, he turns around from his desk and they've got I guess you'd call it a credenza that the the desktop computer where all the where he does all the video calls or zoom calls to recruits and all that. That's all set up for him so he can talk to old Ryan or whomever and and uh, do what he needs to do or maybe doing an interview with a with a ESPN or something like that when you see him do that it, when he's in the office he's he's doing it he's doing it right there on that credenza that's why you you turn it around and you can, you can see that um uh, you see that door all the way in the back that's to the to the as you're looking at it would be all the way to the right as you come in he's got a um he's got one of those remote controls that you have that you close your garage or in my case, I got a gate that closes to the back end of my driveway. You, you know, I'm about. it's like a little remote control. You press and it closes. it. He's got one of those for his door in his office so that if somebody comes into his office, his office is so darn big. He doesn't want to get up and like go and close the door. He can just press the button and the door closes behind him.
1: And that's two minutes that he can break down that's Auburn good, for 20. Well, yeah, he did yeah, have to say, oh, Ryan, come visit him. and yeah, you know, I have to sit
2: there and waste time to go and you do it. Now, if he's, if he's meeting with somebody, he, he you know, like, I, I don't know if he still does it, but at six o'clock on Fridays is when he meets with recruits of other sports. He gives, I think about 45 minutes. Oh, so let's wow. just say a gymnast comes in for a visit or a basketball player or a baseball player or a golfer they will bring him in the, that student athlete, the gymnast or two or whatever, and they'll come in and they'll come visit Nick Saban in the office. And he will meet with them like from six to six forty-five, And, you know, we'll talk to him, get to know him, you know, where they're from and all that kind of stuff and all the great things they're doing at Alabama. And he meets with them. If you go like by the door, when you open it up, there's kind of like a sitting area couch and like, some sitting chairs and on the, I guess you'd call it a coffee table. There's the, the case with all the championship rings. Cause he doesn't wear them. They're all in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he actually will meet with, you know, like I said, so you got a, you got a golfer or a gymnast or a swimmer or whatever they will come in and, and, uh, you know, if they can, that's his schedule he'll meet with them and and i i'm sure he will find some other time if that's not a meet but but that's his time that he'll do that and then you know after that is when he'll go to you know to the to the hotel even we're talking about even during the season believe it or not so he'll do that so they're they're getting ready to play but he'll take half an hour 45 minutes to do that and then he's you know he's on the Policeman will take them to the hotel, uh, even on a home, not on a home game, on a road game, obviously that wouldn't happen. Cause probably you're not going to have a, a recruit coming in for another sport. They usually like to bring those in on home games. And of course on home Friday nights, he wouldn't be there.
1: Well, and, and, and I'll add something to this and I don't, I don't want to get too much of his personal life, but I will tell you this. Uh, when he goes to church on Sunday morning, uh, he drives, Miss Terry and they, they go to a church right there across from his office and, the the actual driver uh, meets him after church. He pulls across to the football building. The <laughs> yep. dr- he gets out, goes to his office. The driver drives Miss Terry back to uh, their home, and then drives the Mercedes back where Nick Saban can drive at home. And so it's like a lot of a lot of work. But I mean, and, and I guess that really gives you a second to understand: to be a wife of a football coach, you got to be a pretty special individual. Miss Terry certainly is. She loves it, and I, and, and I tell folks all the time, there are two people
2: that Alabama fans need to thank for Nick being the head coach at Alabama. Uh, Mal Moore is one of them. His stick to Mal was the one from the outside, but Terry Saban was the reason why. If it were up to Nick, he would have stayed with the Dolphins. Um, Terry really pushed that hard and really worked it and even at the very end um he told her look i'm you know i, I got to sit down and talk to wayne and if wayne wants wayne huizenga that is late wayne Heisinga is passed now a former owner of the dolphins he was a guy that formed blockbuster remember when they used to have those video thing blockbuster stories he was very very entrepreneurial uh he says if Wayne wants him to stay I'm, I'm not and it was Wayne that said look Nick if you want to go go we'll, we'll be fine it's, you know and, and that's but it was Terry that basically double teamed with mal to get him to get him to go to she didn't like I, I think she liked the house they had a nice place in Fort Lauderdale Lakes but she didn't like that she liked being miss. First lady of the LSU football, first lady of Alabama, she liked that. She liked that. She was a part of it. You're not a part of it as a as an NFL coach. You, you know, that's just, it's not, you don't have recruiting weekends. You don't have that. You have some of that. You may meet a wife of a player on a free agent visit, but it's not, it's not like it is where you have the, the Bama Bells or the, you know, whatever the, 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 the little different functions. She loves that, so it's definitely very much a, a package deal, a, a partnership. Uh, but I say that all the time. Um, you know, heck, I was, but when he was, he was still working on Miami for agent stuff. I know because I was doing work with him for him when, and 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 the and, and Benoits to me, Terry and and Mal were working him. You know, Mal God rest his soul never gave up on it. And, uh, you, you just never know, huh? I mean, I just, but that was, that's the real key. That's who you need to thank. You need to thank Terry because Terry was, um, is is the one that's really responsible for him being there.
1: Well, and I'd love to be able to, at some point, because she means so much to our community. She does a lot of the community service projects, mm-hmm. uh, is active in a lot of different ways. I've often said that I'd love to see because we, we already have stallings drive. We got Bryant drive, uh, Wallace Wade drive, some of the national championship coaches at some point, I uh, hope they'll rename a road and um, some way to to contribute what uh, Miss Terry has meant to this community. It's pretty pretty amazing uh, what she is able to do and a lot of uh, things that she gives her time for. Uh, Chris, I got a text a couple of seconds ago. I'm going I'm to set this up. Somebody wanted to go back and, and, and go talk about the benefits of film because you brought it up, and it really kind of slipped by me a little bit. Uh, but it said back then when you were watching the beta tapes and now when you're watching – uh, the current tapes, is there a true vantage or is coaching really the same, the breakdown side? And then I want to get into self-scouting because that's something that right now we're doing a lot of working into the upcoming spring football. By the way, we're 60 days away from Alabama's A-Day, 200 days away from Alabama-Miami. We'll do a little self-scouting, talking about breaking it down uh, because sometimes we use verbiage and even I don't really understand truly breaking down film I'd like to go back and hit that uh, for one of the listeners out there. We'll continue. That is Chris Landry. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
0: You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. He said, I want to see you again but i'm stuck in colder weather maybe tomorrow will be better can i call you then she said you're a around man and you ain't ever gonna change you got a gypsy soul to blame and you were born for leaving
1: and truck down you know, when you just played the, just the music, it, it kind of gave me a, a, a set to kind of think about uh, with, with Nick and Terry Night Saban. Okay, we see the success side of this. But, drinking. see, we don't see the part when he first gets into coaching because a lot of these guys are working their way up. And the same thing happened in Alabama. Uh, maybe you're a GA. You know, you, you don't make a lot. I mean, I was a graduate assistant uh, at Alabama, and I'm not talking about the athletic department. On the academic side, uh, And I, I trust me, I'll tell you what I made. 1100 bucks a month, 1100 bucks a month. Uh, being a graduate. No wonder I got into radio. Thank you, Lord. Uh, only you could take Zach Brown's colder weather and tie that back into Nick Saban. I know, only I you, know, right? But but I just I think about the hard work. I mean, I think he coached nineteen or twenty years before he ever got a head coaching job. So you, you you see the highlight now, but then there's a lot of hard work to get to that point. And there's a lot of coaches right now that are working their way up. Uh, you know, they're coaching at Southern Mississippi and and. Uh, they're a GA and, and, and you're probably eating rice and potatoes and beans and uh, just trying to make it. And so you see the highlight, but then you got to go through and you know, people got to be patient uh, to get to the top of the mountain. Uh, Chris, I maybe add more to that conversation, but uh, it is, uh, we do think about Nick and Terry say, but we think about the coaches that kind of, and them that paved the way.
2: Yeah, no, there's no question about it. You know, you're thinking about it. a couple of things come to mind, what you just said is it's, you need to put it in perspective because, yeah, Nick coached at Toledo and then went to Cleveland as an assistant, the uh, as defense coordinator, and then Michigan State, and then obviously LSU, then the Dolphins, uh, and before he ended up at Alabama. So, for the folks that, and I know that a lot of people are critical of, say, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, he did it differently. Um, he was he didn't have all those experiences, so a lot of the. Learning and trial by fire is what he's having to deal with right now. Oh, I granted, he he learned a lot from Nick Saban, but there's no there's no substitution for all the trial and error experiences of being a head coach, and he's having to do that on a grand stage at a place like Georgia. And, you know, he's I think done a really good job, but because he hasn't won a title, some people are critical of him. That's the first thing they jumped out of. And the other thing is, you're right. Uh, you know, Nick and Terry didn't, weren't always, you know, rich and all that came from, you know, hard working upbringings. And I tell you a quick little story that I think your listeners are like. So it's our f- first playoffs in Cleveland with the Browns. And, you know, you get a part of a playoff share as a coach. And um, the, the playoff share that Nick won, he gave to Terry's mother and father to pay off their house. Oh, wow. And he did it by giving his father-in-law a Cleveland Browns jacket. And it had the check in an envelope in the pocket of the, the jacket. And so, um, you know, obviously wasn't, I mean, look, he was doing well, uh, nowhere near what he's done since, but doing very well. But, um, he's done an awful lot and you know, he take has taken care of a lot of folks, not just the Nick's kids folks, but a lot of people that he knows in his family, um, back in West Virginia, he's taken care of. He's known as brother, hmm. brother Saban. Um, because his sister, when, when mom would call him for dinner she'd always say, go get brother, you know, you know, Nick would just be out playing basketball, whatever you know, playing, whatever, playing sports and go call brother. And so if you go around that Fairmont, West Virginia, the Monongahela River area, he, I mean, they know who Nick Saban is, but they they don't know him as Nick Saban. They know him as brother Saban. Cause that, that was his nickname because that was his older sister. I always called him brother.
1: Wow. What a neat story! So you're sitting there telling me that, uh, the jacket story, I mean, that brings a smile to all of our face because I think we all have dreams, right, of helping people out. And mm-hmm. uh, I asked Coach Saban, I mean, you know, at some point he's going to build the 18th house uh, here, uh, just being able to give back and to be in that position where you can give back and help other people out. And, you know, he was asked about the other day about, you know, when he's going to leave coaching. And he said, you know, I, I really get a lot of helping people out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's winning and, and he's a competitor, uh, but there's also that bribe product that when you're making 11 million dollars a year you can afford to kind of uh, help people out and bring smiles to other people's face
2: yeah there's no doubt about it I can can really help a lot of people do a lot of good doing something that you like doing it the way you like to do it and I do think he he'd really struggle with you know what what would he do on a regular basis I mean he could do something else he could probably spend more time time maybe doing things to physically be out there to shake hands and do but that's not really his thing he's more of a he likes what he's doing and look he can still make a lot of money and in his eyes uh put things in place to where other people can benefit back home and um you know back you know in, in, in certainly all aspects with with kids and people that and he's been able to help a lot uh out you know there's um there's a, there's the old story though I I don't know uh, if you know this but you'll get a kick out of this. Um, Nick tells the story one time that he and Terry are back in West Virginia and they're driving I don't know exactly or somewhere near their hometown and they drive up by this not a car dealership. And I don't know, I don't know if they even have any full service stations anymore, like in the old days, but it's kind of like a service day. And they see a guy that they both know that they grew up with. And it used to be Terry's boyfriend before Mm. she started going out with Nick. And he said, you see, (laughs) if you'd have have stuck with him, you'd be the, um, the, 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 the wife of a, of a, um, of of a, of a, the filling station owner or whatever he, whatever you call it. And she goes, no, if I married him, he might be the head coach at Alabama.
1: <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, How's
2: that, huh? Wow. That's, that's, but uh, you take that. So yeah, there's one person that can put him in his place.
1: <laughs> I, I, well, and, and, and my understanding is, uh, she controls the house and, uh, I think he's okay with that. I mean, he told the players, he mm-hmm. said, uh, and I don't know if this is uh, – hopefully this is not a bleep word. I don't think it is. But he goes, uh, you know when I got to get back in that building after this COVID because inside that building, I give you guys H-E-double-L. He goes, inside this building, I'm taking all the H-E-double-L. Well,
2: you know, and the kids, uh, you know, Kristen and Nicholas are grown. But when they were growing up in Baton Rouge here, they were in school. And <laughs> – so what Terry would do is in his desk in his office in Baton Rouge, in, uh, at at, the, at home in, in Baton Rouge off Highland road here, she would put in a manila envelope, like certain details. So he'd come home and it would be, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it could be something as simple. Well, knowing how I was, you know, cause Nicholas was, was, was trying a little bit, uh, Nicholas is not doing good math or, you know, or, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kristen made, uh, what do you call the girl scouts or something? It'd be right. whatever she would keep him up and she'd go. And then that, that's why he would know people might think that's sad, you know, but he'd come in late at 10 o'clock and he, he'd know that. And he'd, uh, and he'd, he'd pick a night. Like I know in Cleveland Thursday night, he would always leave just a little bit early. Um, and he would play basketball with Nicholas, Nicholas was growing up. And then I know like in, in, um, in Baton Rouge, he would, there's a certain night, but a certain show that, that Kristen liked, you know, it was one of those shows, nighttime soap opera type shows or whatever. One of those, I don't know what show it was, but that they would watch together every, I don't know, Thursday. So he would take like. You know, that hour or so, that was a little bit different. Uh, Nicholas used to, like, play golf. So um, he'd take him out, like, on the open date week to hit balls or whatever. So he did everything he could to try to make it as much as normal as possible. But, um, you know, obviously the kids kind of grew up around the game. and, And I can remember Kristen when she was going to visit. She used to like to visit sparty which is the little spartan mascot on michigan state campus and i was over there one time and she wanted to come over the house and so anyway we just do were, in in and he ends up on the phone and i'm there watching Kristen. she's running i'm sitting there worried she's going to run into the street or something i'm like you know she's a little bit of a wild hair then she was i don't know how old she was but she was old enough to have a mind of her own but not old enough to really know right from wrong it's like Oh, you need to come back over here. <laughs> you know, I got enough of this. There's a reason I don't have kids, Nick. You know what
1: I'm so, Well, anyway, and am saying? Well, and good it, people. it's perfect to tie back to the story that we're sitting here talking about because you're talking about coaching and how much you can get done. And, and the question came from off the air with was taking a look at the preciseness because you don't have to worry about uploading or uh, I guess you do, but somebody else does it for you and how much, uh, you know, uh, you know, more manageable time. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, can you get more done as a coach or is it still coaching? Oh, and yeah. It's still the same way.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Cause here's the thing that, that people may not know. So when we talk about looking at film, it's not the same film that you see, uh, that you watch on TV, you're not looking at TV copy. TV copy is not useful to look at film and evaluate. You don't see what you need to see. The film is shot from two different angles from the end zone type meaning there's uh, 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 cameras on both end zones that shoot behind the offensive line and, or behind, behind your side. So if, de- if your defensive line is going one way and the offensive's going the other way, you've got cameras on both end zones. And you shoot a tight, what we call tight, meaning it zooms in on just the offensive line. So you can see the footwork, the hand placement. It doesn't follow the football. You're just looking at that. The same play is being shot from the sideline wide. So you see all 22 and what you see is what we call intercut where the video staff will take each play and show it from two versions. So you'll see the same play from end zone wide and then tight. So you can look at now the offensive line and the defensive line coaches. They don't get that. They just only looking at the offense, defensive line. The secondary coach and receiver, they're looking at just the wide. But other copies, what you have is you have what we call intercut where you look at the same play both ways. And that's all done for you. The other thing you need to know is it's all in in, in sequence. So, I mean, it's not in a sequential order of the play. It's, it's an offensive cutout that's looking at every one of your offensive plays. And then it's also broken down by – all first down plays, all second down plays, all third and shorts, all third and long, all red zone. So you can look at the entire game, but you're going to see just the first, your first offensive play, then your second one, then your third, then your fourth. You're not watching a play, then watching a punt, then watching the defense. You're watching offense all one after the other, then defense the same thing. Special teams, you watch all your kickoffs, all your punts, all your kickoff returns, all your punt returns, all your kick, you know, field goals, PATs, all your field, the PAT block. So what's good about that is you can begin to see tendencies because in addition to watching it all one after the other on that particular side of the ball, as I said, you can pull that out, give me all click of a button, give me all the third down defensive plays and you can look at every third down defense you played one after the other well you get a better feel when you're looking at one after the other as opposed to watching it and then you know uh 7 8 minutes later into the game you see another third down you, you follow me so it's a better way to do it and be able to absorb what you're seeing it's one after the other and that's how you do it it you can also break it down to all by formations. You can break it down. It's a lot of things you can do because it's all digitized now. In the old days, it used to be 16-millimeter film where you had a master copy and then you had several what we call cut-ups, meaning I I take a cut-up tape, and this is what I did when I was a youngster in coaching. You would literally cut and splice all the first down plays, all the second down plays, all the third down plays. Then you take like I said, you literally manually have to cut the play out of a reel and make another reel to where you got all the third-down plays in one. Then, then we went to the beta cam, which is not the same beta DHS. It was a specialized – the equipment was like 250 grand a piece to have it. Um, it, it. It Then now it's all digitized, so you can do all that. So you can with – the, with the huddle tape and recruiting tape, you can see every play – that a player played throughout his career. But if he's a defensive end, you're not going to sit there and watch a game and watch the whole tape start to finish. You're going to watch every play that that defensive lineman played. And, you know, so if he played some on offense, you will watch that, of course. But if he only played defensive end, you're not watching that whole game. You're watching the 52 plays he played in a game or whatever it was. And that's it. So you can, you can get through things more specifically, whereas before you had to do a little bit more overreaching stuff, which is why, by the way, you have more people involved. Back when Coach Bryant was coaching, and they'd show up, they'd have meetings at 9 o'clock in the morning, they talk a little bit about what happened at practice, they go over a few ideas, and they did all the stuff at practice. They, by the midway part of his coaching career, they began to, shoot film or practice, and they looked at film. Prior to that, you didn't even do that. Coach Paul Brown was the first one to say, hey, we're going to take practice and we're going to watch it. Before that, guys just went out to practice and discussed a few things they were going to do, and, and you'd, you'd leave. And Most coaches, a guy like Chuck Noll, great coach, he and his staff left at 6. They had dinner with their wives every night at 6 o'clock, Coach Chuck Noll and his family. Because, you know, you didn't have as much technology. Therefore, you didn't have as much at your disposal. Now that you got more technology, you think it's easy. Well, it's easier to get more access to information, but more stuff to study, more analytics. So now we can see exactly, you know, so it's actually created more work. But that's why things are so advanced today, because technology is allowed for it. More people involved to help you do that. And the same thing with recruiting and all the digitized way that you communicate. All that thing has made the world of football and the points around it change so much. Um, for, maybe for the better, but in some cases, maybe not as pure as it used to be.
1: We're talking to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. I think we should change the name. And I was I, was, I wrote down Football 101, but I think it would be more of an advanced class. So we'd go grad level, master's degree, uh, degree. Football 501, which is the first uh, class in the uh, 500-level side of things, because this is fun to be able to talk about that. Uh, When we come back, I want you to talk about LandryFootball.com and kind of get into this self-scout and trying to find a way uh, to correct even perfection for Nick Saban. We'll talk about that and a lot more. This is LandryFootball.com. That's Chris Landry. I'm Ryan Fowler. Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Norman 06. Northport Power Equipment, the largest dealer in the southeast for Husqvarna products on McFarland Boulevard, two blocks east of the Northport Civic Center. And right now, we are running that residential special on that Z248F. The Husqvarna residential zero-turn mower is back in stock. and equipped with a heavy-duty fabricated mower deck that's greasable and serviceable, powered by that 21-horsepower Kawasaki engine for $28.99.95. That is only $66 a month using that 0% interest for 48 months financing. We talk about Northport Power Equipment, the SCAG Commercial Mowers, the Echo Outdoor Power Equipment, a complete lineup of weed trimmers, the chainsaws, handheld blowers, backpack blowers, the pole saws, the walk mowers, riding mowers, zero-turn mowers for the residential consumer and the professional landscaper. It is Northport Power Equipment. And do ask about that 0% financing for 48 months months it is Bryant and Keith Ellis and Mr Ellis Northport power equipment since 1996 they have been serving our community Northport power equipment
0: Alabama Crimson Tide Football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Cole never bothered me anyway. It's funny how some
1: distance makes it Right, so we welcome you right back into Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Chris, I don't want to wait to the last two minutes and talk about LandryFootball.com. Let, let's talk about it now because we want to invite people uh, to connect with everything that you guys are able to do there. LandryFootball.com. you got the, uh, the TV side, the video side, the audio side with all the great podcasts, the written material as we lead into the NFL draft. Uh, no NFL Combine this year. They're going to be doing it a different way, and you talked about that probably about a month ago. Of uh, some hiccups that were coming down the uh, the pipe, but uh, the valuation continues, and people are still looking for that great information. Talk about LandryFootball.com.
2: Well, yeah, it's it's one stop shopping football. So if you like the game of football, and and you certainly want to maybe get a feel of the college game, the pro game, everything from recruiting to college football player and coaching and team analysis to the NFL draft to, uh, NFL player analysis, team analysis, coaching analysis. We got it all for you there. Uh, we cover it all like it does in the calendar year during the season. We're breaking down the games. That's what you're watching. That's what we're doing. We're evaluating as the seasons, uh, the playing season ends, it's about evaluating, uh, obviously, recruiting. And so right now, what what is it in college that people are focusing on? Well, you just got a 2021 recruiting class done. Uh, what's your roster situation look like? I'm, I'm going to, as I mentioned earlier, not not only got the recruiting stuff, I'm going to have a roster analysis of each school in each conference that I'm going to be putting out as a byproduct of what's coming back, what's coming in, and giving you a feel for that. And uh, that's what we do there. We take the game from a coaching and scouting perspective, using that experience to, to bring it to you. Um, so if you like football, you're, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. is very economical. Um, I got something I put up there. You can check it out there. For example, if you're an NFL fan, free agency, it's a free pulse. That's the do's and don'ts of the NFL free agency, understanding how free agency works, understanding that it's not what it's all cracked up to be and what really is successful in free agency versus what is perceived to be as successful. What are you looking for? Why do you want a player that has 600 snaps? And if you don't, you don't pay them a certain amount of money. Those are little tips and things that we got for you. You can learn a lot about that. You can learn a lot, how you evaluate players um, at both levels? And um, we think it makes the game more enjoyable. You can see the game from a different perspective. So check it out. Uh, we got a scouting season discount. It's less than $10 a month. And it's even cheaper than that if you take advantage of the year membership. So check it out today, LandryFootball.com. As Ryan said, you can listen to all the podcasts, the TV show, the Twitch TV channel, which we're on right now. So we really appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate being on with you.
1: LandryFootball.com. I remember listening to a podcast where Chris broke down the hiring side of things. I think I've referenced this before, uh, but it's the amount of information. I don't think anybody else is doing what you're able to do. You take the experience that you have, combine it all into one, Uh, and then provide the analysis of uh, your kind of opinion tied in together with all the news and headlines. Let me ask you about self-scouting season, because we talk about the scouting season discount that you can find there. Uh, How much is spent in self-scouting, looking at, hey, listen, this is what we did. This is what we didn't do very good. Uh, Let's evaluate this before spring training gets here, where you can kind of work on cleaning some of those up and take some different approaches.
2: Absolutely. So you work in unison with, again, all these analysts, along with the coaches, position coaches and coordinators to look at everything. And particularly when you've got new coaches, you want to, you know, the new coaches have got to spend extra time watching film, right? Because they... It, it, the guys that are returning have already looked at that film. The, the new coaches haven't looked at that film and have to go and look at it. So they want to study everything. What did we do well? What didn't we do well? What do we need to get better at? What things would we like to do that we think can advance and make our running game better, our blocking scheme better, our routes better, our passing game better, or protections, uh, certain routes better, whatever. You you break down everything in detail and you, and you segment it towards the position coach and they all have analysts that are helping them and working and you try to bring it all together. And so what you try to do before spring practice is focus on here are the things we need to work on the most this spring. And you come down where the head coach will say, look, this needs to be the focus. This is the main part of our spring practice, and it's always about getting better in every aspect. So you want to sharpen the things that you do well, but you want to really attack the things that you're not as good at and focus on that. So that's one part of self-scouting. Now, self-scouting also is something that you do during the season, your analysts do, so that it helps to break tendencies. So during the season, let's say your percentage is that when you're in the red zone offensively, Out of a certain formation, you may run to a certain side of the field behind a certain offensive line look. So maybe you will pull the left guard a little bit more. You have tendency. So you scout your team as if you were playing your team, meaning what do they do? What can we anticipate they're going to do in this certain situation? And you literally chart it. And break it down. That's what breaking it down means. Look, that basically in the red zone, when we go spread and we go three by one and we throw to the slot guy, you know, 62% of the time, well, what we need to do is run that same thing, but go to the tight end or run it out of that look because they're going to be anticipating that this is what they're going to do because that's what they like to do in that situation. So we're going to give them that look. We're going to zig while they zag. We're going to get them to think, hey, yeah, this is their look that will indicate that they're going to do one thing, but we're going to do another. So that's that's a different aspect of self-scouting. So. It's uh, it, it's basically breaking your tendencies. You gotta, you gotta study your tendencies, and you gotta break them. But just like during the season, you're looking at the tendencies of what an opposing team does to line up and play against them, where well, they're doing the same thing you are. So if you can break your tendencies during the course of the season, that's important. So that's what you do during the season. This time of year, it's as you just said, evaluating what has happened, what you have done, and then also factoring in maybe things that these new coaches, new wrinkles might want to bring in. And then with that, combining that with the teaching of what has been done in the past and how it might mesh or might not mesh. I mean, that's part of what it's all done. And as you go through spring practice, you kind of work on certain things a little bit more and focus on things a little bit more uh, other than just the normal things you do, but you might put extra emphasis on certain things. And though that's that's the 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 nuts and bolts of self-scouting or quality control. It's studying what you do and improving how you do it. And by the way, he challenges everybody to do that. The training staff, the weight room staff, the recruiting side. I mean, are we doing everything? We're up to date on all the modern technology. He doesn't know how to turn a computer on. Well, he does know how to do that. Not much else, but everybody else better know how to do it. And so that it's all done and we're up to date on everything. If there's an edge and we don't have it, then we're falling behind. So. He makes everybody go through the quality control aspect of it.
1: I mean, to work for Nick Saban's pretty incredible. We had a coach on last week who was part of the coaching meeting uh, when they laid out the pandemic, and he talked about what they wanted from uh, their coaches. And he said, we, we heard about the everything shutting down uh, that evening. He said, when we went to uh, home for the evening, he said, we came back, 7.30 coaching meeting the next morning. He said, they laid out a complete plan he did with a pandemic of way they were going to handle it. And he mm-hmm. looked at his staff, and he said, uh, by 1230, I want to see your plan. And he said they all went rushing back to their office, got everything done, and then they had to present what they thought that would be the best way to handle it. He said then they organized it, and then they addressed the team at 230. So all this happened in about a five-and-a-half-hour window, his presentation, the coach's presentation, and then they presented it to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just about – That's why
2: you couldn't imagine anybody being better prepared for a pandemic year than Alabama. It was an edge for Alabama because they're prepared for everything and in in anything that comes along because they have such a large staff to be able to pull all that together in a quicker fashion than most anybody would. So yeah, how are we going to do that? And you pull the best ideas together and you put holes in it and you come together and say, this is what we're going to do and you're going to combine different ideas. And it's just like, you know uh, when there's uh, every year there's going to be multiple guys leave on the coaching staff. Well, he took uh, something that he did when when Bill Belichick did for him when he got the Michigan State job and he was still defense coordinator of the Browns. Belichick um, he had Art Modell hire a secretary that worked for the Browns that was paid by the Browns that was essentially Nick's conduit to Michigan State so that Nick didn't have to do anything he could work with the Browns all day and that person would be the conduit. Well, he took that idea. And when Jimmy Mack got the job at Colorado state, Sark at Texas and every other coach that's been there, he's done that. And so that that person is not distracted. Well, why? Well, if they're going to lose coaches every year, if every one of their coaches is going to be up for coaching jobs, you better have a plan because it can't be, Oh, well, this guy's distracted because he's going to get this job. Oh, next year. they If that was a distraction, you wouldn't win any titles because it's a distraction every year. So having that plan in place is something that he's got in mind that maybe others don't deal with because others don't have to because not many lose as many coaches as he does, and he's in the playoffs every year. So if you're in the playoffs every year and you lose multiple coaches every year, you better darn well have a plan to deal with that to where it's not a distraction because that's not an excuse, never will be. And, you know, I think they've kind of shown that they can deal with that better than anybody else can.
1: It's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama Tradition. We will wrap up the loose ends next right here on Tide 100.9. Snow flurries ending the sky, becoming
0: partially sunny this afternoon. The high today only at 31. Tonight, cold again, mostly fair, with a low at 18. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain moves in here tomorrow night, the high 48. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content. Sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it'd be like when summer does come.
1: <sighs> James Ludeman uh, playing the music behind the scenes. He'll also be leading you through the next three hours right here on Tide 100.9. They'll be talking a lot of football, a lot of basketball, a lot of conversation. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow from two until six. And Chris Landry will join me at four. Uh, Chris, a little bit of a tease. Um, I was seeing where the coaches are meeting and these coaches associations our meeting. And one of the things that was on the table about faking injuries in the game and how much uh, they kind of want to change that. I'm not sure how you govern that, uh, but that may be something we dive a little deeper into uh, tomorrow. Alex Scarborough ESPN had the article uh, that it looks like it was a unanimous vote to kind of move it to that next committee, faking injuries within a football game. When people are trying to go up tempo.
2: Yeah. Up tempo, you know, people kind of looking at that. I think you have to look at a number of different things. Uh, a uh, guy is an injury maybe he's got to sit out for a longer period than just one play a series a quarter I mean it's one way to stop it although in the latter part of the game where you get tired you might sacrifice a guy that wasn't going to play a lot it's ah. it's tough it's tough because you know you do that um, I, I think there's some that's pretty obvious that we see but um, no I think there, there are ways that they need to they need to look at it and say hey look you injured you can't say you're not injured. Injured, well, then then you know you're you're out. You're out the rest of the game. You know, I mean, I think or you you're out a quarter. I mean, I think they need to look at all options because I think it's real. It definitely happens.
1: Well, it's gonna be a lot of fun to be able to dive into that and kind of explore and uh the the rule changes this off season. There are so many things that coaches, I'm sure, have an opinion on. Uh the transfer portal, they have not finalized that within the conference and exactly when that will take place. I mean, Nick Saban addressed it last week. He said there's no way to manage your roster. Uh, the wrong,
2: it's not, it's not, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's unintended consequences. They, they come up with this idea. We we don't want to, we don't want to pay the players. We'll let them free and move. And then they don't realize that we've got about 800, 900 players that have no way to go. They are going to transfer nowhere to transfer to. And, and yet, somehow they think that's a good idea it's just it's a mess it really is a mess i'm okay for players being able to transfer ryan but you have to have some guardrails or we're going to have this disaster that we have right now
1: and those are the things that we get into landryfootball.com landryfootball.com you can find chris landry on the twitter side of things facebook connect with landryfootball.com landryfootball.com uh chris we'll talk again tomorrow at four o'clock man uh for the next few hours, and uh, we'll talk some more football, man. This has been another fast-hitting hour right here on Alabama Tradition.
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Talk tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.
1: And we talk a lot about Alabama, but uh, Chris covers the NFL. He covers other college teams. If you're out there and you're listening, uh, you can find it, LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. Big thanks to James Ludeman and all those guys behind the scenes. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Remember, James Ludeman takes you the rest of the way. 7 until 10, title talk right here. I remind you that we call this program the game, and the only way that you win the big game, the game of life, is to walk daily with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus gets a shout-out regardless of the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Tide, 100.9.
0: I've started talking to the pictures on the walls. Hang in there, Joan. It gets a little lonely. Oh.